be at two places at one time. I should have tried to mouth it so that it looked like I was speaking your voice. That would have been great. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> Anyways, welcome to our latest edition of Crossroads, a Crossroads Youth podcast special, where we just talk about life, faith, and just the nuance of living the Christian life, because if God's blessed us with anything on this earth, it's to converse. This week, I have Shelly to follow with me. Uh, Shelly, mind sharing a bit about yourself? Um, yeah, I am a mother of four. I do kids ministry and youth ministry here at the church, and I'm just glad to be here. I love talking about all the things, so I'm just happy to be here. Awesome. So, uh, before we hop into your devotional, we're just going to do a little prayer, because, okay. you know, that's important. Father God, we thank you for bringing us here on this rather rainy day. Um... Lord, just give Shelly the words to say. Just let our conversation be led back to you. And may this just bring you glory upon glory for however long this podcast may be up. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, yeah, so what I plan to talk about with you is shame. Aw. Aw. But we, there's, um... Now, God, I, now I feel guilty. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but guilt and shame are different, actually, um, is something that I was learning while kind of reading and preparing for it. But, um, like, what is shame first, right? So, yeah. shame is that feeling, right? Um, I have a few things written down, like, that we feel when we think we're bad. Ultimately, it's like, when I think I'm bad to the core not worthy like that that's yeah. that feeling it's like an icky feeling you feel worthless you feel worried about what people think of you or um sometimes you even feel angry for the things that you're ashamed about like you let this anger come out even in seasons where you feel a lot of shame i feel like that almost becomes like part of your lifestyle is you just live in that shame right it follows you it follows yeah. you around like this creepy shadow you're like well get out of here like i thought i was fine but like then it like creeps in yeah yeah and it's um yeah, but it's as old as the fall, right? Yeah. So when Adam and Eve, like, first sinned, then all of a sudden they became ashamed of themselves, right? Yeah. And the first thing God is saying is, like, who who told you you were naked? Like, what do you have to be ashamed of? Who told yeah. you that? Like, so immediately it's as old as the fall, but also it's not from God. Like, God yeah. is not shaming us. It's as old as the fall, but it originated from the enemy's lies. Mm -hmm. So any shame that we're feeling, that is not from God. Those are lies the enemy is heaping on us to separate us from God. That is the whole, the whole point of it. It separates us from God. But in Romans 5, 8, it says, um, da, 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 da. oh, wait, no, that's not the one I wanted to do. Romans 8, sorry, 38. There it is. There it is. Okay, so... For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present or the future, no powers, no height, no depth, nothing in all creation can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm. So while shame is telling us like that we're separate from God, we're not good enough for God, like his word, his breath, you guys have mentioned that before in these podcasts, it literally tells us, it, it protects us from that feeling of shame. Yeah. It says like nothing's going to separate you from God's love. So... Mm. The shame is from the enemy. It's not from God. Yeah, amen. And it's to separate us from God, but God says nothing can separate you, so it's all just lies. It's all just lies. Yeah. yeah. When you really break it down in, in Scripture, like, you, you can look time and time again throughout the Old Testament and New Testament, seeing where God's love is. Um, 
and obviously, I, I think a lot of people had to struggle with shame, like King David. King yeah. David had to struggle with it after he, you know, took someone else's wife and then had that husband murdered on the battlefield. Yeah. And, and then a prophet had come to him saying, you know you're wrong. Right. Just admit you're wrong. And then... And he was trying to act like it wasn't him who the prophet was talking about. Like, you're not talking about me, man. Yeah, yeah, he's clearly like, yes, I'm talking, talking about you. We, we should he get that guy. Of, he was in denial of the shame. Like, he was actually... And then the prophet's like, yeah. that's you, dude. And I was reading that in the Old Testament, even like in biblical times, like shame was kind of different. We have this more like inward processing of shame. Yeah. Where in the Bible, like their shame was very outward. Like they had to wear it. They literally would, like if they did something that brought shame upon themselves or their family or another person, they would literally like tear their clothes. They would put mud on their face. Like it was this outward appearance well, they of like who they are. put like ashes on their head too? Yes. Yeah. It was an outward appearance of who they were. Like they wore their shame and like they processed it in that way. Yeah. Um, where for nowadays it's very different it's very inward like nobody knows about your shame but you yeah you're not wearing it unless you're pretty far from you know if you've fallen down that shame trail enough to where you're walking around very miserable looking people could ask you but as a whole you're not walking around with torn clothes and ashes all over your face being like oh i'm full of shame right now not yet (laughs) not yet not yet it might come back trends do tend to come back depending on how trends go we might just start doing that again maybe It'd be easier than having to process it inwardly, right? I mean, gosh, one of the trends was eating Tide Pods. So, I mean, anything's possible nowadays. I'm so glad I was not aware of that until very recently that it was in the past. I was aware of it, but <laughs> I have this thing called, like, intelligence to where I'm like, yeah, it's probably not a good idea. Right. And now those people feel shame and they need to process that through scripture well, and allow, walk in the freedom of Christ. Well, right. Shame both, both emotionally and then physically from the fi- yeah. eating they, they bleach. They wore their shame. <laughs> yeah, um... Uh, another thing that I wanted to, like, say about shame was how, um, like, when we feel shameful, it makes us feel, like, dirty, right? Yeah. Like, we're, you know, our sin is too filthy for God. Like, we are too filthy to, you know, like, walk in love and, and joy to serve. You know, we feel like we're we're too dirty, dirty that we've sinned too much, right? Um, I have another one that will counteract that feeling, though, that we are too dirty or sin too much. Let me see. That's Proverbs 103. Let me flip there. Okay. Proverbs 103.8 says, The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Uh, he will not always accuse, nor does he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. As far as the heavens are above the earth, so is the great love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. So what that means is he does not keep a record of our sins. Like, he's not going to treat us how we probably deserve to be treated through the sins that we've done. Um, He's not going to punish us the way we think we deserve to be punished for the sins that we've done. Yeah. And so um, he doesn't keep that record. So, you know, we have this constant, you know, record on loop, telling us our sins, reminding us of our sins, of our past, of our things, like, this is what shame does, but God is like, I don't even remember what you're talking about, like, I forgot all about that, and you're like, but no, God, like, you can't use me because of this, and he's like, I I don't have a record of that, so if you could stop and walk in my freedom, like, that'd be great. Yeah, a lot of times, especially before, like, I understood was kind of just happening in my brain, Okay. um, I used to carry around a lot of shame for, like, especially past embarrassing moments. Right. Like, 
<laughs> I've shared this story with like our youth group and our young adults group. Okay. I don't know if you've heard this. We'll see. But um, back when I was 16 years old, um, I had a crush on a girl, okay. which was pretty common. I had crushes on a lot of girls. <laughs> By the way, if any of you are watching, I am so sorry for younger me. <laughs> I am so sorry, dude. <laughs> but uh, I ended up having this crush on a girl who shall remain nameless. Mm-hmm. And the Voldemort of girlfriends. The Voldemort of girlfriends. <laughs> and uh, in, in a strange way, it actually led me to the Lord. Oh. But uh, I know, especially after I had asked her out over Facebook. Okay. And she said, obviously no. Because <laughs> if you're going to ask someone out, just ask them out face-to-face. Yeah, don't do Facebook. Don't do, don't do Facebook like I did. Be smarter than me. Um, I know I, I felt a lot of shame because I know that that, that, that in some way hurt somebody. Mm. Because, you know, I, I, people, n- normal people don't want to hurt people. Right. And evidently when, like, you have to reject somebody, it's generally, it, there's both sides to that equation where it, it hurts, and I know I was hurting, and then I felt a lot of shame for like being alone, not being good, good enough as my friends who've had girlfriends. Right. Um, just because it, you know, it starts to snowball all these thoughts. Yes. Once you have one incident of something that brings you like shame or embarrassment, then it like snowballs into like, and it became this way because of that, and this because of that, and like yeah, it can be something small. You just connect the dots, and it just makes it makes nothing pretty. <laughs> right. Like the enemy loves that. Yeah. Like he's, he loves that. Like he's just sitting there rubbing his hands like, I barely did anything. Yeah. Like, you know? But the beauty of what God does is even after that, um, didn't, know, didn't have a relationship with the Lord. Well, I started to get to know him because I would go to these Bible studies with a few friends. And we would, like, it, it bro- broke my preconceived notions of what I thought Christianity was supposed to be like. To where it was just like a bunch of legalistic people telling me that I'm wrong and telling me how I'm going to hell and all that. Oh my goodness. But that, that was the notion I had through like movies and media and all that. Right. But then I like actually started learning about the Lord and learning about, you know, his children. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, wow, this is, these are normal people. And then it came to a point where I actually went to a church for the first time. And that first time it all like, it all clicked. And then I uh, gave my life to the Lord. But the beautiful thing is, you know, when you have shame and just pain in general, you know, like, God makes it into something beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, that that doesn't mean you should negate that pain. Like, you know, there I, I believe there are some things, like, we really have to despise about living and so, sometimes the the pain that we have like god hates that too yeah god hates it so much that he sent his son down to earth to die on a cross unjustly so that you me and anyone else who accepts him would never have to feel that shame and pain ever again right um so and I, not just that we don't feel it again but that like you know he picks us up and he makes us now you know we we think we're sitting in shame but he just sees us for everything that we're worthy of everything yeah. all of our potential like like, it's not just that we are free of it, but now we can, like, be empowered in it. Like, God took me from that. Yeah. And, like, now he wants to use me to make somebody else clean, to make somebody else free of their shame. Like, yeah. how cool is that? Like, now so I can bring someone else out of that, like, that mire that I was in, out of that despair that I was in. Like, I know what it feels like. I know how to speak into that, 
you know, that's yeah. just a beautiful thing. That's the kind of snowball effect we want. We want the snowball effect of Jesus love, like snowballing into another person with Jesus love and like collecting all of that. You know, we don't want to have the, the snowball of our shame, like compounding on other shame on other shame. We want that glory. We want Jesus to be used through us in those ways. Yeah. It, I, so, sometimes, especially when it comes to the shame, sometimes you just gotta like, you gotta feel it sometimes. Right. And process it. Feel it and process it. But I, I think the biggest crossroads into that, mm-hmm. hot crossroads. Ah, uh, good one. <laughs> like the biggest crossroads is choosing either to give it to Jesus and live in that identity mm-hmm. or to stay in that. Which is perfect because I actually have in John, I wrote down here. Let me flip to you. I think it's over here. Hold up. That is a rugged Bible. Oh, I know. And I bought new ones, but I just go back to this hey, one all the time. Uh, you know, a, a, like a, a a broken Bible means an unbroken person. <laughs> it's true. Ooh, I'm not gonna someone look. quote me on that. <laughs> Someone's, it. Someone's uh, so in John 16:33, he says, like, in the world, we're going to have troubles. We're going to have transgressions. Yeah. But we can find peace in Jesus because he's mm. overcome the world. So, yeah. so yes, we're going to have shame. We're going to feel it. Like, it's a human thing. Yeah, just. We're going to have that. But yeah. if we bring it to Jesus... Like, we can find our peace there. And it's really easy to say, like, all these Sunday school answers, right? Like, it's, like, bringing it to the word, like, taking captive our thoughts when we're feeling that, like, shame. It's really easy to say it. But to actually do it, like, it takes great focus. It takes great yeah. effort. It, it takes great trust in the Lord and, and, and trusting in his truths because, you know, I'm not speaking on this out of a place where I've never felt shame. Like, clearly, like, this is me processing my own issues yeah. out with you. You know what I mean? So, like, I need these truths like just as much as anyone who's listening who's carrying shame like I carry it all the time and if I don't take that shame and bring it to Jesus like like you're either bringing it to Jesus or or you're not and when you're not like you're you're taking steps backwards like he has freedom he has healing and um like he overcame the world so like we're gonna feel this stuff we're in the world like we're gonna feel it um but he died so that we can have freedom from it Mm. when we trust and it says, like, you know, like, shame, obviously, they're, they're bad thoughts, right? Yep. And so um, we think that we don't deserve stuff. We think even a lot of it is because it's our own fault, right? Yeah. I chose these things. Like, I, in, I made an intentional choice to do X, Y, and Z. I do not deserve to come to God with it and be like, oh, God, I'm feeling so sad about this thing. I chose it, but I'm still sad about it. Like, like we're afraid to bring it to him almost. Like, I've had plenty of times in my life where I didn't want to bring it to God for forgiveness because I chose that. It wasn't something that like I unknowingly did and I just had to, you know, come to terms with it and like I repent of my sinful ways. I didn't know like there was things that I chose and I knew I chose them and so having to own that and face that, it's uncomfortable. Um, But we have to work through that to have like freedom. And then once we give it to God, we have to allow him to work through it. You know, if we just keep thinking on these bad thoughts, like like he, again, has given us ways to counterattack that, right? Yeah. In Philippians 4, like, think on whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, like, all those good things. Like, think on that stuff. He wants us to think on those, not on this, like, self-destructive thoughts, you know? Yeah, I think the beauty of working through that shame and even just, like, negativity like depression and whatnot. Like I, I've had to wrestle with that a lot. Mm. Um, but when I look back, I see where God's been in it. 
Mm-hmm. I, I see where God's been in my journey. Yeah. And sometimes, especially when you're on that journey, and you get those like little like glimpses of God, mm-hmm. um, it, it ends up being a really beautiful moment because it's just like, wow, God, like, I might not be like at that place where I'm fully like healed and forgiven, mm-hmm. but I see you in this moment, and I want to give you glory for that because I know you're working on this. Yeah. But you know, you have to be committed to the journey because it's not going to happen like overnight. And when you're in it, you don't really see it, right? When you're like, they say like, you know, what is that phrase about? You can't see the forest through the woods or you can't see the woods through the forest. Like when you're in it, when you're processing it, it's just very heavy. You don't really think like, oh, God is with me in this and this is just a journey and this is a testing of my faith. This is a refining of my soul. Like I need to consider it pure joy when I go through these trials because God is like bringing me to a better place. Like when you're in the the shame, when you're in depression, in anxiety, like when you're steeping in it, it's really hard to know that God is actually doing something in those dark places, right? But like there's all those allegories or, you know, things about how you know, in the winter when it's dark and gloomy, like there are roots growing deep underground, right? There's so much happening in the unseen that like you don't see until spring when your tree is like twice as big as it was last year. You don't realize all that root growth that was happening underground in the dark, cold, like nasty gray depths of winter. So when you're in those like nasty depths of like depression, anxiety, and shame, you don't realize until you're out of it, until you're in the, until it fades, until it all falls away, you don't realize, like, wow, God was doing so much just there. I'm way stronger in my faith. I'm, like, I know how to tackle those things next time they come my way because, like, it took me a while to get out of it, to get away from that shame or depression, anxiety, whatever it is. But now you have better tools. God really was refining you in those that process. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, e- even in that, like, God, God still works. It's like, like ultraviolet light. Like, we, we get that from the sun, mm-hmm. UV rays, which gives us, you know, uh, either really good tans or, for me, incredibly horrible sunburns. And, and vitamin D. And, and vitamin <laughs> D. But mostly, for me, really horrible sunburns. Um, I get a few freckles, too. Yeah. My, my, all my shoulders are just freckled up <laughs> from all the sun I've absorbed. But, uh, you know, we may not be able to see those ultraviolet, like, rays. Right. But they're still there. Like, we can't see the wind, but we know it's there. Right. So, you know, God's still working in our depression and shame, mm-hmm. even if we don't see it. Yeah. And, and, so, and sometimes, like, sometimes God just speaks so clearly in those moments, too. I know I, I've had moments where it's just like, like, especially back in the day, I'd be training for, like, snowboarding or whatever. And, you know, I'd be skating and, like, one, you know, working out, but two, kind of processing my own past at that time, which I didn't know was going to be built up even more. Um, And then all of a sudden, I just hear that small, still whisper of the Lord saying, hey, go pray for that person. Uh, I was skating one day and heading back home, and then I saw a bunch of other skaters now, they're skating at an elementary school, you know, grinding on stuff, you know, whatever. Um, and then I kind of just went over there, and I heard this little small whisper saying, pray for them. What? And I did. Like, 
Like for like from a distance, like Lord. No, no, like <laughs> straight up talk to them, and that's you know, awesome. That's a great boldness. They have I feel like, like I'd be like praying from a distance, and be like, God, this counts. Yeah, like long range <laughs> praying. <laughs> but uh, like they're just a bunch of like tatted up dudes, and like they, they they look like the quintessential like punk, but like evidently all of a sudden we are hand by hand praying for each other. That's crazy. I, I, That's awesome. It, it, and the thing is, like, under my own strength, I probably could have done that. Right. Like, I may be a pastor and all, and like Pastor Tyler. Pastor Tyler, <laughs> still weird. Um, you know, I'm. You know, I may. I, that may be my profession now, but like, I still get like super nervous when I have to like talk to like strangers. But like, regardless of where you are. And regardless of what like, what you're feeling, the shame, depression, God can still use you. Yeah, and and one of the things that like God was speaking to me when I was preparing for this um, was a lot of times when we are, you know, you can I guess picture it like a, a glass, right? Yeah. If we think we can only present ourselves to serve God, to speak to others from like a place of Experience, Like, we feel like we have to know the Bible. We feel like we have to have served in ministry. Sometimes. I'm not saying everyone feels that way. But, um, like, when we think that we're this full glass, like, ready to be served to others, you know what I mean? Um, we think we have it all together, right? We think that yeah. we, we think we should have it that way. But when we're this, like, glass half full or, like, barely even any in it, like, God's able to fill the rest, right? And God's able to fill you. When you're broken, you feel like you're not enough. You feel like you're not good enough. Like, we still need to serve when we're feeling that way because then God is able to really be glorified in those moments because he fills the rest of the, of the way up. And when we're serving in that capacity, when we're serving where it's mostly God doing the work and we're just this like meek, humble servant, like God, like I just want to be used. Like I'm full of shame right now and I don't even know how to like walk. I'm practically in shame paralysis. Like I'm in such a season of depression that like how am I good enough to serve anyone, yeah. you know, but then God is able to fill the rest. Then he's the one glorified. And we end up serving better than we would have done had we worked in our full potential. Because, like, our full potential of just me serving is nowhere near what God's going to do. It's going to be so much more, so much better if we allow God to do the work. Yeah, is that, that making sense? I've <laughs> yeah, that, that okay. made sense. There, <laughs> yeah. You know, it made me think there's an art form in Japan. I think it's called, like, Kitsuki or something? With the gold? Yeah, where they basically take broken pottery yeah. and then remeld it with gold. Mm -hmm. That's the same thing God does with us. Like right. God can take all our broken pieces of our shame and guilt mm -hmm. and depression mm -hmm. and then he could form us back together in his own image under his hand. Right. Uh -huh. Even our best when we think we're good enough yeah. is nowhere near what God's going to bring to the table when you just let him do it. Like when you're at your worst and you're letting him do it, like our best is never yeah. even that good. I preached on this before and I'll, I'll say it again just to make a point. Like, you know, Psalms 139 says, you know, each day is written out before one came to pass. You know, the God has an amazing plan for all of our lives, mm -hmm. all 7 billion people, which is like nuts to think about in the grand scheme of things. But like, he personally wrote an incredible plan for your life. But you never get there without talking to the guy. You're talking to God yeah. about it. And, like, but, you know, God, God's, God's a gentleman. Right. So he won't force you to go on that path. Mm -hmm. You have to make that choice. 
And, you know, either choice is, it, it's right because it, it, just, it just is. It's a matter of choice. Yeah. So either choice is correct. However, I say this, are you really living out who you're meant to be if you go on your own path? Because, like, I tried going off my own path, and all that led me to was, like, <laughs> physical injury <laughs> and depression. Right. And a lot of doubt in, in me. Right. But once I, once I kind of opened my eyes and realized, wow, God, you, you're, you're there, and I have nothing left. I have no other ideas of what to do. Right. So I'm just going to follow your plan. Um, seven years later, it's led me to uh, where I am now, recording a podcast. And it's important to, like, trust God when he's, like, speaking to you because, like we mentioned before, like, like that shame or depression or whatever yeah. it is that makes you feel, like, unclean, right? Like, not good enough to serve, like, not worthy of, like, the God of the universe to use me to speak to others. Like, those people probably don't have any of these issues that I'm facing. How am I going to pour into them, right? Um, You know, but we can't, if we just stay still on that, like, we're not going to be able to to reach anyone. Like, God wants to use us in in our filth so that we can show people, like, if I can do this at my worst, like, think of what you can do at your best. Yeah. Letting God operate in your best. Like, there's so much more. If we can if we can show people that like, it's not too much, it's not too hard to like honor God with your life, even when you're in the like worst phases of your life, you know what I mean? Um, people need to see that people need to see us in our, in our worst still serving God to yeah. realize they're the potential. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> um, hmm. I had a point and I lost I'm it. sorry. No, no, you're good. How's it going? You're good. How's it going? Um, I know that ultimately God only wants the best for us. Right. Because if the girt, like, if we go back to the Garden of Eden, right at the beginning. Yeah. And we read how it, it was. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was walking in step with God. Literally, like, side by side. Right. Like, if God was like it then, and if God's nature is never changing, mm-hmm. what does it say about God now? Yeah, like he desires you to walk step in step with him. Yeah. He desires that. And when we are walking in step with him, when we're like meditating on his word, when we're pouring over his word, when we're like in touch with the Holy Spirit, when we're walking in, a, in our gifts, when we're doing all those things, like there's no room for shame. There's yeah. no time for depression. Like none mm. of these things can even penetrate because you are so close to that glory of God. There's no room for shame because God is covering you with his love, with his affection. Like he only sees the best in us. So yeah. he's not going to see the shame. He doesn't keep a record of our wrongs. He's not going to hold us accountable like to, to what we need. I mean, he holds us accountable when you're choosing sin, when you're walking with him. Like there's a When you're actively just making mistakes. Right. But like when you're working through like trying to serve him and make better choices. Like he doesn't want you to hold on to your shame. He knows that's never going to allow you to walk in the freedom that he has, you know, walking in joy. Yeah. It, it's just a weight that slows you down. Right. Like he wants us to just walk in step with him, like in the garden without our shame. Yeah. You, you know, I, I had this thought a little earlier, but when you're reading that verse in Proverbs, as far as the East from the West, mm-hmm. you know, that's how long you've, you know, taken my shame away. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, Solomon wrote that, King Solomon. Um, he would later write Ecclesiastes, okay. which is actually one of my favorite books in the Bible, personally, is Ecclesiastes. Even though it's, like, super, like, a bummer. Like, I, I always like 
always quote that. Like, I feel like that's my life. Like, I am Ecclesiastes. Like, yeah. woe is me. Like, woe what's is the me. point? Like, Everything why? is meaningless. <laughs> meaningless, meaningless. What a, why yeah. am I doing this thing? But, like, <laughs> e- e- even Solomon, I, as he was processing, like, his own mistakes, because if, if you don't know, like, he would end up, you know, opening up trade routes through, like, that area. Mm-hmm. Tra- trade us to Egypt, and then, like, I think got married to, like, like a pharaoh or like Cleopatra or something. I'm not. I'm not too sure. If <laughs> if there's some like theologian who really knows that, let me know so I can be sure on that. But like evidently, it led to him just having like over like a thousand like women, like 700 wives and like 300 concubine and all that. Mm. So like clearly, like he, he went way off the path. Right, and that. But the Bible. Go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. No, you're good. You're good. Um, evidently, he would write the last. A little bit is like so here's what i've come to know mm-hmm. you know love god and live your life to the fullest you see the first thing he said was love god mm-hmm. even in his own like even when he knows he's in the wrong yeah he knows that god is still good mm-hmm. and he still loves us so we should in turn reciprocate that love because ultimately that's that's where we're going to get the truest peace and joy and fulfillment because for perspective mm-hmm. king solomon his net worth equated to u.s dollars mm-hmm. was 3.2 trillion oh, with a t trillion so he he had more money than i think the top 10 like forbes top 50 wealthiest oh people yeah. combined oh wow so you know this man had everything yeah. everything I mean, he listed it in Ecclesiastes, like, I've done this, I've done that, I've done yeah, it all. Yeah, he, he's done everything, yeah. and his conclusion is, you know, God without is, God. With, without God, it's completely meaningless. Right. Because um, I know, I, I've, I've lived on both sides of that spectrum, without mm-hmm. God and with God. Right. Without God, I admittedly made a lot of mistakes, because sometimes I don't think through my actions, mm-hmm. um, especially back then, because I was, you know, 13, 14 you know, you go through a little special time at that age. But, uh, you know, I made a lot of stupid decisions that I would always hold. Like, I don't know if you've had this, but, like, you try going to bed, and then you'll be just laying there, and all of a sudden it's like... Like a Rolodex flipping through every choice you've ever made. Yes. <laughs> like, like, like... I have no, uh, you know... Remember that one time you said something really awkward and everyone knew about it? And then you just lay in bed for an hour just like... Oh my God! Why did I say that? Yeah. But like that, like especially my life without God, like that's what was defined by was like mm-hmm. my shame and what I lacked. Right. But then when I came to know God, that's when I realized, wow, God has really made me, you know, made me for a really good purpose. Yeah. He's made me to really make an impact in this in this world. And I think that's what God, that's what God wants for everybody. Like all seven billion people, (laughs) all the people who were in the past, and all the people who are to come. That's what God wants for them. They want them to live a purposed, fulfilled life through Him. Yeah, you, and I'm sure a lot of the people listening have experienced like choices apart from God and choices with God. Yeah. And when you make choices with God, you're not left with that shame. When you're laying in bed at night and you can't fall asleep because you're thinking of those things, I doubt any of those memories were ones that you made when God was involved, right? Yeah. So, like, it's easy to see the difference. It's easy. 
to notice like the shame that comes from pretty much anything you do apart from God. Like there's a lot of good people out there. I know a lot of good people who don't know God and they carry, even though they're good people and they'll say like, I'm a great person. I treat other people with respect. They do all the things that, you know, a good person should do, you know, but if they don't have a relationship with God, like you can do all those good things, but there's shame in some of those good things because of your heart behind it. Like if your heart isn't honoring God and like just this pure heart, you know, you can still have shame even in the good. So it's not just making good choices. It's making good choices with God. Yeah. There's just a difference. There just is. Yeah. Um, I don't really have anything else to say. Yeah, I mean, I could go on and on and on about just, like, the glory of God. Like, the, the, I'm not going the, to. We're, no, 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 no. We're here for that. <laughs> no, but, like, the, like, God, I mean, in the Bible, like, all the stories that we read, Old Testament, New Testament alike, it's all people who are filthy, full of shame, made tons of bad choices. And those are the people who God, like, rises up. You know, like, Jesus' whole lineage, the people <laughs> in his lineage— like, if you read about who gave birth to whom and whom and their storylines, like, these people are not, like, the utmost citizens who were raised in Christianity and never did anything wrong. And I'm not saying that people who are, are raised in Christianity, like, their whole life, like, um, you know, don't experience shame because, like, yeah. they still do. It's just, I'm saying the people who live apart from God and choose their shame, like, God will restore that. He wants to use it. He wants to restore it for his glory and other people's honor. And then you get to build up a next generation of people and a next generation, like through your brokenness, you can bring on a whole generation of people who are just like sharing the kingdom of God. Yeah. If you just let go of your shame and move forward. Look at, look at the disciples. Yeah. They were a bunch of fishermen, tax collectors, mm-hmm. it, like ordinary people. Yeah. And even through, as we read their stories, you know, they've made mistakes. I mean, Peter cut off some dude's ear. Like that—that's legitimately assault. Yeah. But without those men, without them having to grow closer to Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, and then seeing what happened, and then the glory yeah. that would come as he was resurrected, which I think is you know, really ironic. We're talking about this yeah. right before Holy Week. Yeah. Um, you know, with, without them having to grow and refine themselves, you know through Christ mm-hmm. in walking with him and then seeing him resurrected. Right. Like, I don't believe we would know Christianity as it is today. It's all about your testimony, right? Yeah. Testimony and testimony. Like, the disciples' testimonies are what brought, like, the whole, like, Acts church around, which caused, like, all the movement. Like, all these testimonies of just everyday people, like, talking about, like, w- like where they were just garbage and how God, like, turned them into this beautiful masterpiece, you know? And, um, like, it just, like, Jesus died while we were, and, like, you guys have talked about this before on this podcast, like, Jesus died while we were sinning. Like, even in my, like, worst sins, like, Jesus was on the cross, like, so that I can bring that to God, so that I can have that, that connection. Only through a relationship with Jesus are you ever going to be able to turn all that sin into glory, that you're yeah. ever going to get rid of that shame. And he was willing to die on the cross for us when we were garbage, you know what I mean? And that's just really humbling that, like, I didn't have to be good enough for Jesus to die, you know? He did it so that I could become, I don't want to say become good enough, because, like, I'm never going to be good enough. We all fall short of God's glory, but he loves us despite it. He wants to be worked through in it. He wants to share his love, like, because he loves us. Because he loves us. Um, 
Oh, but and our testimonies, right? So like I was looking up testimonies and that's like a whole nother story yeah. for another time. But our testimony, when we, when we bring our shame and we bring it into the light of Jesus, right? We have that testimony. And in the end times, what defeats Satan is the testimony of the saints. Yeah. So like if we don't have a testimony to give, like we have no weapon against Satan. So like our testimony, us bringing our dirtiness close to God and walking in step with him and letting him like throw it to the east and to the west, you know, that testimony is what is going to slay the dragon in the end times. Yeah. And I, and I think just a bit of encouragement, like if you read through Revelation, like one, one, it's a crazy book. It's crazy. It's right. so I was crazy. on the phone talking about it last night with someone. So yeah, yeah. way off topic here, but I feel yeah, bad for okay. like John who like, he was just chilling in a cave right? on Patmos, which, which is like an island off like Greece, I believe. I mean, beautiful. Just like, why not enjoy the water? Yeah, he's just like, oh, I'm just gonna chill in this cave because I got exiled and you know, gonna, make go, the best gonna of look it. at the water. And then all of a sudden <laughs> an angel is just like, come with me. And he's like, okay. <laughs> There's a lot of okay moments yeah. in the Bible where it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so if you read to the ending, mm-hmm. you know, when, you know, saints throw down into, into the lake of fire and, like, you know, all the evil is defeated in the world. And you look at the new Jerusalem, which we will inherit, like, inherit, like, I did some research on that. So the measurements that were given to John that he wrote down okay. measure to about 1,700 miles entirely okay because it's a, it's a cube okay so to give you perspective on that I'm about to be really nerdy here because I love astronomy this is good so we have layers of atmosphere right we have our troposphere stratosphere yes mesosphere mesosphere, mesosphere yes. and then uh, all the other ones out to the exosphere lithosphere lithosphere yeah I can't lithosphere. think of I actually just taught my kids this last year, so I should remember it, oh. but it's okay. They know um, it. But basically, this city, in terms of height, reach out into the exosphere. It would be higher than, I believe, the orbit of the International Space Station. And that's its height. Like, that's where we're living on top of? Or that's just where that atmosphere goes out to, I wonder? Um, that, that's the height of the, like, the walls in the city itself. Oh, oh So the tallest wow. buildings will be that tall. Okay. And I believe, in terms of like width, mm. it's. I hope I'm remembering this correctly, and if I'm wrong, please someone correct me. I think it's almost the entire size of the continental United States. Wow. And that's that's not even factoring height. Yeah, I can't even picture it. <laughs> like, and it's going to be beautifully adorned and all that. So, like, that's God's future for us. Wow. That is God's entire future for us. Is Street, us, is that the streets of gold? Yeah, the streets there? of gold yeah. and all that. Like, that's our future. Like, God is preparing a home for us mm-hmm. with him. But God still wants to personally be in your lives each and every day. Yeah. Regardless of, like, whether it be the best day ever and, like, you bring, like, 100 people to the Lord or 10 people or one because it really doesn't matter. If you bring one to the Lord, like, there's a big party in heaven. Right. But, like... God still wants that relationship with you even now, even in your brokenness and your shame. Because, again, 
God doesn't take accounts of that. God doesn't keep a record of that. Right. He's be, just like, come on, guys, come. Like, I have yeah. a really cool place I'm come building. To me. Like, everyone's invited. Let's do this. Like, I don't care. Leave your shame at the door. Come on. Like, I don't care who you yeah. are, what you are. I don't care how many people have told you that I don't love you because I do. Don't listen to them. God loves every single one of the creation, no matter what. People tell you, like, you are welcome in the kingdom. Yeah. And it's going to be really cool. It's going to be a dope party. Like, dope party. Everybody <laughs> needs to be there. Like, dope come. party. Yeah, I get ready for the party, guys. Um, <laughs> but, like, yeah, I. I've, I've been really thinking on a uh, on a sermon idea, maybe for like a Sunday or even maybe even a Wednesday too. Um, I, I, I'm titling it already, but not yet. Okay. And so, like revolution. Uh, <laughs> so, somewhere around that, yeah. but basically, it's like I know ultimately, you know, God's blessed me with this life, but like I can't wait to be with Him up in heaven because ultimately um, say Augustine stated you know we are restless until we rest in you God so like in in a strange way it's this weird dichotomy of like I'm perfectly content but I'm striving for something more yeah like it's like almost like I'm complete but I'm also incomplete because I'm not with the father um, so, you know, in some way I'll be perfectly content, but utterly restless until I rest with God yeah. one day. And, you know, I don't know how long that journey is going to be. I, you know, I don't know when my time's coming, right. but I know ultimately, regardless of when it may be, I'm going to be with the father. Right. And, you know, I mean, I, I love living life because life is awesome, right. but like, I can't wait for com- what comes after because, again, God is setting up something really beautiful for you guys. Yeah. And for you. And for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have nothing else to say. Do you have anything else no, to say? No, that's good. We can leave it there for now. Right. Awesome. For now. <laughs> for now. We could always just have conversations just in general, too. Yeah. Um, so, hey, thank you for tuning in, watching us. And uh, I, I pray that God works on your heart in some way, you know, regardless when, when you may be watching this, you might be watching this live, or you may be watching this after it uploads on Facebook and YouTube some weeks, months, or even years later. <laughs> um, know that God's the same yes. yesterday, today, and forever, Amen. and that his love never changes for you. So whatever shame you're holding on to, God doesn't see it. Yeah. God loves you. So with that, I'm going to awkwardly walk back, and you're going to hear my (laughs) voice, and then all of a sudden, it'll be gone. So thank you for watching, guys, and we hope you have a good uh, morning, afternoon, evening, night, midnight. (laughs) Maybe you're watching this at midnight. What? I said whatever time you guys are watching. Whatever time you happen to be watching this, I hope it's a good one. And thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for coming on. That was awesome. It was a good talk. Yeah. All right. Well, with that. Have a good day, evening, night, midnight, morning.